Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, and welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, I have a question, and it is pretty tender. It's from Isabel, and Isabel says, thank you for your podcast. I have struggled with BPD, borderline personality disorder, for most of my adult life and turned to astrology for clarity on understanding my symptoms and my diagnosis, as well as to try to figure out who I am. The more I do so, the more I realize that I have difficult aspects between so many planets on top of my Saturn-dominated chart. It further increases my belief that I was born doomed and that my issues in literally all aspects of my life will never stabilize. I am always dissatisfied, doubtful, and suicidal as a result of my uncertainty and general discouragement. I was wondering what advice you could give me in regards to those hard aspects and figuring out my purpose, which is a great part of my constant doubts. My birth info is December 31st, 1994 at 1141 a.m. in Montreal, Quebec. Thank you in advance. So Isabel, first of all, I'm just really sorry that you deal with so much mental and emotional pain and that you're struggling with suicidal thoughts and struggling with a sense of purpose. There is a lot that your birth chart says about this, but I want to preface anything I say with, I am not in the business of diagnosing people. I don't deal with diagnoses. I am not a trained or licensed therapist. I am also not treating you personally. I don't know you personally. And I just want to encourage you and anyone else who's listening to remember, as helpful as hopefully um, this podcast and my advice is, I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. It is important to consult these kinds of people if you are dealing with life-threatening issues Sometimes it's a real struggle to find a doctor that will listen and that is the right doctor for you or to find the right kind of doctor, but I am not a doctor in all contexts. (laughs) So just, you know, use your common sense. Please use your common sense. In terms of my kind of attitude and perspective on pathologizing people or giving them diagnoses, I am of two minds. I am of the mind that it can be incredibly powerful and helpful, and it can contextualize your experience, it can explain things, and there can be a path forward for identifying how to cope with the struggles that you have. And sometimes that means medication, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's you know cognitive or behavioral adjustments. There's lots of ways of dealing with mental health crises and issues. I think diagnosis can be incredibly helpful and empowering and useful. I also think that I have seen a lot of people over the years be misdiagnosed or be pathologized when in fact they are just really intense or they have a trauma history or they haven't figured out how to engage in self-care or create and maintain a life that works for them. And so sometimes I think diagnoses can be destructive because they can make us feel like we are locked into a way of being or unwell when that actually doesn't empower us to find solutions and find the path forward. I don't think there's any one thing, and I don't mean to suggest that it, that you know you don't have B- BPD. If you identify with it, if you trust the doctors who diagnosed you with it, then for sure you do, Right. But I just want to hold space for the complexity of it. It is hard to diagnose a lot of mental health conditions. 
And I don't know. It's not something I'm an expert in. But when we are looking at something like difficult aspects in a birth chart, having a Saturn dominant chart, as you said, having an intense chart, it's not like you have an intense chart with lots of squares and lots of difficulties and you have BPD. Oh my God, all these things. You know, a lot of people ask me questions like this. They're like, oh, I have this terrible thing in my chart. Plus I have this thing. But that's actually a misunderstanding of what astrology is. Astrology describes your mental and emotional health. It describes how you experience the world. It describes your heredity, your ancestry, your early developmental experiences, and how all of that is likely to land within you. It describes the conditions that lead you to be diagnosed with BPD. So it's not, I have this and I have that. It's your birth chart is expressing the same thing as this diagnosis. It's just a different lens for understanding what you in your message to me are calling BPD. And that different way may be really empowering and useful to you, or it might create more stress. And there is nothing wrong with turning to astrology, doing some research and being like, oh, this makes me feel trapped, or this makes me feel disempowered, and then turning away from it as a tool. Because astrology is not a belief system. It is a tool for understanding. And I would argue that psychology is really a tool for understanding the human condition and coping with it. And it is not, you know, a finite, perfect science. Honestly, neither is Western medicine. (laughs) Neither are most things, you know, there are often many paths to the same destination. And if that destination is peace or balance or wellness or happiness. There may be many different ways that you approach that over the course of your life. And certainly at this time, I want to acknowledge that in my research, and again, not an expert over here, not an expert, right? But in my research into BPD, something that I found was that females are diagnosed about three times as often as males. And I just got to say, are we more likely to have BPD? Why is that? Is that like genetic? Kind of like women are more likely to have thyroid conditions, or is it nurture? Is it the conditions that we are raised in and that we live in and that we feel triggered by are different than males? I don't know. Or is it that women are simply more likely to be pathologized when we have intense and powerful feelings? I don't know. And I don't know that anybody knows. In your message, you mentioned having suicidal thoughts. And I want to hold space for the difference between having suicidal thoughts and feelings and self-harm and planning suicide, taking actions towards suicide. They are really different things. My experience as a counselor, as unpopular as it may be to talk about, is that most people over the course of their life, especially in their teen years or when they're dealing with intense hormonal fluctuations, deal with some level of suicidal thoughts, right? Struggling with, do I want to be here in this life? Life is really hard. And that is very different from planning suicide or harming yourself. And and I don't know from your message exactly where you fall on that. And I don't want to be cavalier or in any way flippant about that part of your question. I also want to acknowledge that I am not able to, in a podcast, answer that in a really deep way. And I'm going to, again, in in this podcast, I will share access numbers to suicidal helplines 
And I think it's really important that you research that sort of thing. You're in Canada and in other episodes I have in the liner notes of my podcast shared phone numbers for both Canada and the US. And I will do that again in this episode. So I want to start with this. You have a lot of Capricorn in your chart. You got Midheaven, Sun, Mercury, Neptune, and Uranus. And you're young, right? You're born in 1994. When I say a young person, what I mean is you are pre-Saturn return. When you have this much Capricorn in your birth chart, generally life after the Saturn return is a million times easier. Like for reals, a million times easier. It is really hard to be young with such a Capricorn nature because what you experience is the weight of the world and a sense of responsibility. So you're like hyper vigilant and really aware of everything you're experiencing at all times. And your generation has it pretty rough in my view because you've got these outer planets in Capricorn. Even if you have no other planets in Capricorn, everyone who's born in around 94 and a bit before, you've got Uranus and Neptune there. And you are going to have a highly contemplative nature and a sense of fatedness. And that sense of fatedness, it sounds really good in a movie or in a book, but in reality, what it feels like is I'm supposed to do something. What am I supposed to do? This is really important. I don't know what the right thing to do is. Additionally, you have a Saturn-Mars opposition, and both of those planets form a T-square to the planet Jupiter. And so what this does is it intensifies this theme of your drive for purpose and your sense that you are capable of doing more than you're doing in the sense of like, what, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? The sense of purpose is a driving question in your birth chart. Now, I want to again reiterate This is not in addition to the BPD and all the stuff you're talking about. It's just another way of looking at and understanding those things. So your birth chart reiterates exactly what your question says. So what's the answer? There are many answers. And one answer is really, really annoying. It's you do need patience. You do need to decide that you're going to stay with the work because the work is the work. I say this because after your Saturn return, you will be in the position to make sense of all the stuff you're doing in your 20s. And now what you're doing is trying all the things. You're kind of like data collecting and your methodology collecting. And so hopefully you are pursuing multiple forms of self-care, but not in a way that is compulsive or addictive because there is, because of Jupiter's placement here, a bit of a tendency to um, err towards addiction and substance abuse. So you really want to be mindful about that. Saturn in your chart is in the 12th house and it's intercept that 12th house. For astrology nerds, I am using Campanus houses because it does yield interceptions. And I really do think that intercept signs are very helpful. And in this case, what it indicates is that, first of all, Saturn in the 12th house is a position that gives you lessons to learn about taking responsibility for your own mental and emotional health. And this is a tricky placement because it inclines you to want to seek someone else who can guide you and tell you what's right and what's wrong. But when you do that, you often end up in situations where there's power struggles or you're really disappointed by what people actually are. And so learning to handle your own mental and emotional wellness with intention and methodically, so step by step, is really important. 
Now, because of the interception here, the indication is that when you were growing up and when you were really young, there wasn't room for you to have your own mental struggles. The only way that you could get attention and the only way that you can get someone to take care of you is if you completely fell apart. It looks like because of this placement of Saturn that you were really surrounded by adults who were not reliable. Maybe they had their own health problems that they were dealing with or their own struggles, but it made them unreliable resources for you. And so it kind of is a forcing you to grow up quickly aspect, but it it doesn't work like that, right? Human development is meant to go in a certain way. And so when we have to kind of jump over foundational steps, then our foundation isn't really strong. And so thinking about what are foundational habits that I can develop for checking in with myself and making sure that I haven't pushed myself too hard or that I haven't hid away from the world for too long. It's about moderating your impulses as a foundation to moderate your self-destructive behavior, right? And because of all this Capricorn in your chart, now you say, oh, I have a Saturn dominant chart and I hear like the negative in that. But I got to say, having all this Capricorn in your chart and having such a strong Saturn is actually quite powerful because what it tells me is that you have the tools within you to be self-reliant and you have the, the capacity to do the work over time. The truth is life isn't light and easy for you. This is not a light and easy chart for reals. But that doesn't mean anything bad. The reality is the most interesting people, the people who do the work on themselves and then use that work to better others and better the world around them, generally have jacked up birth charts. (laughs) When people come to me and they say that they have jacked up birth charts, I'm like, okay, cool. What are you going to do? That's awesome. Because having a jacked up birth chart means you have the capacity and the motivation to grow and change and learn. And as I've said a million times on this podcast, we are all in this together. So when you grow and change and learn, you kind of set in motion something that you can't foresee and understand, which is the potential for others to grow and change and learn. So there's this way that our growth and our success is interconnected. You are not alone. And all of this Capricorn stuff, especially Saturn in the 12th house, can lead you to feel deeply alone. But you, my friend, are not alone. You are connected. And you are connected to the good, the bad, and all of it. And you have choice around what you will do with that connection. And my advice to you around this is to really start small. And to not try to change the world, you know, looking for your purpose in life, as you said, right? The sense of what am I supposed to do is such a Jupiter focal planet way of looking at it, aka you're thinking so big that you're setting yourself up. It's a setup, this idea of like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Hey, listen, some people have the answer to that in their 20s. Lots of people think they have the answer to that in their 20s, and that's not quite right. And more people, don't have a clue in their 20s what they're supposed to do with their lives. And this idea that there's like this one thing that we are meant to do, I don't think that's how it works for most people. I might have thought at one point when I was in my 20s, what I was going to do with my life, and some of it was right and some of it was super off. We don't need to be able to predict what we're doing, but what we do need to do is make sure that the foundation we lay is in integrity with who we are and how we want to be. When I look at your birth chart, I think so much of this is really about finding bedrock within yourself. And from that place, 
the answers are going to become really clear. You're trying to hop over the really uncomfortable and messy part where you have to be self-focused and learn how to be self-referential and learn how to slow down to a pace that actually works for you. You want to skip over all that part and get to the place where you have the answers because you believe that knowing what you're supposed to do with your life is the answer that will calm all that other stuff down. But I actually don't think that's the truth for you. I don't think that's the truth for most people, honestly. The truth for you is that finding a way to embrace the messiness of your own nature and your own life and to take care of yourself around that in taking on that work, which is not something you're going to figure out in a couple weeks or months, right? We're talking about uh, eh, probably at least a couple of years. Um, it is a life path. It is not like a, a single thing that you figure out. But through through that journey, through committing to that path, it's going to become clear to you what you feel called to do that is in alignment with who you actually are. There's a lot of things that I would love to do, but the truth of the matter is they're not in my nature. The amount of effort and energy they would take for me to do aren't worth it. So what I do as a good old fashioned Capricorn is I align my actions in a way that is consistent with my nature. And then I am more at peace. I am more successful and I can go forth and, you know, live my damn life. Now that's easy for me to say, I am older. I am in my mid forties. So I've had a lot of space and time to struggle and bang my head against the wall around this stuff. And I want to say the reason why I share this with you is because you do not need to have this figured out now. You don't. And it's not a failure. The underpinnings of so much of your question is there's failure and there's success and I don't want to fail right? And that's not what you're saying in your question. But again, when I look at your birth chart, I see that that is the subtext here. Being uncertain and being discouraged is part of being alive. And it's part of being a person. And it's part of being a person with so much damn Capricorn in your chart. It is not a failure in any way, shape, or form. If you can embrace that the questioning and the uncertainty is a journey and it is actually an adventure. Maybe it's slightly gothic for you. I don't know. Maybe it's a goth adventure. Maybe it's not super light and easy, but it is an adventure. And if you can commit to that, then the work becomes a lot more tolerable. And then your ability to deal with the fact that you're having a shitty day or you're having a shitty week doesn't become evidence of something being wrong with you or you not knowing what to do with your life. Instead, it becomes something to be interested in and something to choose to cope with, with kindness. And this is where it brings me to the real bummer of Saturn, especially all this Capricorn and Saturn stuff when you're in your 20s, as opposed to after your first Saturn return. It inclines you to be a bully towards yourself and to be impatient and cruel towards yourself instead of nurturing and kind. In the memeverse of Capricorn, there is this idea that Capricorns are obsessed with money and unkind and, you know, just managerial. And eh, yeah, it could be true. It can be true. It's a great stereotype. I like it. Sure. But the truth of the matter is all that Capricorn stuff gives you the power and potential to come to mastery of your emotional nature and to come to mastery of your own self. But mastery doesn't happen in a couple years or a couple months. Mastery happens over the course and span of time. Connected to all of this is how can you develop tools to be more patient? 
because nothing in your chart, not one damn thing, my friend, says that you are patient. (laughs) Everything here says that you are wildly impatient. So meditation is a really good method for you. And I would say sitting meditation may be great, but I'm guessing that you would do better with some sort of moving meditation walking. Taking a walk in nature is a great way to do it. Dancing in your room meditatively, finding ways of using your body as a resource by moving it and finding some sort of empty space from your mind, from your thoughts, from analysis can be really empowering for you because it gives you the capacity to feel space. And in that space, you can be a little more patient. But there has to be something you're doing because your patience is kind of a nag. It's important for you to find a way to engage your internal nag in a way that actually isn't harmful to you. Girl, you are not doomed. You are not doomed. You are not doomed. And that doesn't mean life is easy or chill. You have free will. And I am not here to tell you how you should use your free will. But I am here to encourage you to use it to find a place of neutrality. And then from there to find a place of peace or happiness, but not to go from depressive suicidal thoughts to joy and purpose, because that is too big of an ask of anyone. So take your time and do it step by step. The other thing is that in astrology, there's the nodal axis, the South and North node. And in your chart, you have the North node in Scorpio in the seventh house. It is also intercept. A big part of what you have come here to do is to define for yourself in your own terms what a life well lived is, what living in integrity and in accordance with your values looks like. And you might need to step outside of the norm in order to do that. That might be part of your path. Hence, you're asking this question to a woo-woo astrologer, right? That's one articulation of it. The other part of this placement is A meaningful part of what you have come here to do in this life is to learn how to share yourself with others without diluting who and what you are. To be able to do that, to achieve intimacy and closeness and honest connections with other people, you must be able to be self-referential. And to be self-referential means being able to refer back to your own felt experience, your own perspective, and to validate it as your own. And that doesn't mean to like dig in your heels and to be unchangeable within it, but to know who and what you are and where you begin and where you end. That is not natural for you. That is what you have come here on a soul level to learn. Now, what I've described may or may not be consistent with what you've you know, been diagnosed with, with BPD. My perspective as an astrologer is not, oh, you have BPD. It's, oh, you have all this complexity that you have come here to work with in this lifetime. This is your spiritual work. That doesn't mean you're doomed. <laughs> it means it's the work and it starts off really hard. It gets easier with time. That doesn't mean it's always easier and it doesn't mean it goes in a straight line where it's like you do the work and then two months later you feel better. But this is what you have come here to do and it is not easy work, but it doesn't mean you won't be successful in achieving it. It really doesn't. Isabel, I really, I hope this is helpful to you and I hope it answers your questions. I know that it can't answer all of them. I really want to just return one more moment to these suicidal thoughts that you are dealing with. I want to encourage you to ask for help. And I don't know if you know you have the financial resources to have talk therapy. 
And I don't know, you know, the resources that exist in whatever city you live in, but having somebody that you go and you talk to for an hour a week and you just, you know, their role in your life is to listen to you and support you. That is really damn valuable. It is very valuable. And I really encourage you diagnoses and and treatment plans aside, just having someone to talk to and to help you sort through your thoughts and impulses is a really useful idea for you. And I think that it could support you in being able to recognize what's yours and what's compulsion, right? What's yours and what's somebody else's projection. And having that kind of sounding board, I think is a really good approach to things. If you can't financially afford that, there are online and in-person support groups in most cities for you to check out. And like I said, at the bottom of the episode, there are resources, including if you're in Canada, you can text 686-868. Or if you're in the US, you can text 741-741 and speak with a live trained crisis counselor any time of the day or night. So That's a resource for you or anyone else who's struggling with suicidal thoughts and feelings. I really thank you for reaching out with this question, and I hope you take really good care of yourself. It's Horoscope Corner time on Ghost of a Podcast. Welcome back. This week, we are looking at March 10th through the 16th of 2019. And there is a lot to talk about transits galore this week. But before we get into it, I just want to ask you, when was the last time that you thought about something that really was shitty that you did and you decided to forgive yourself? Now, I'm not talking about taking yourself off the hook and absolving yourself of responsibility, but I am talking about forgiving yourself. There's a lot going on this week that will kind of tug at you mentally. There can be lots of distractions. There may be just things happening, a lot of busyness, and that's all good. You know, Mercury is still retrograde. Don't get me started. Okay, get me started. I'll get into it. Don't worry. But I want to just really encourage you with this retrograde, with all the energy going on, to look at the ways in which you are holding grudges against yourself or you're allowing yourself to stay in a state of shame or judgment or self-condemnation or punishment. And I want to encourage you to sit with, how can you forgive yourself? How can you give yourself permission to have been where you were, to have made the mistakes you made, and to learn from those mistakes so that you can move forward without attachment to the past in a way that actually inhibits you from growing and changing? and doing better next time. Before we get into any of the details, I do encourage you to really think about this. If you're journaling along with the podcast, this is a good journal prompt. I encourage you to come back to it a bunch. I really believe that forgiveness is not letting yourself off the hook. It's taking hooks out of your heart. When you strive to forgive yourself, the work is really about being more present and accepting that your past is your past and you did what you did or you were where you were, now you can accept it and move on. And that's really my hope for you. Now, all of that said, this GD Mercury retrograde is driving me nuts. I don't know about you, but it is driving me nuts. Everything that could go wrong, not everything, but most everything that could go wrong with a classic Mercury retrograde has been going wrong for me. I don't know about you. It's just been technological problems galore. It's lots of miscommunications, misunderstandings, stuff like that. And this is unsurprising given that it is this soupy 
Mercury and Pisces and, you know, all the stuff we talked about in last week's episode. The thing about Mercury retrograde on a spiritual level and a developmental level, it's a great time to reflect and renew, to look back and decide to forgive or to reevaluate. It's beautiful. It's useful. But on a day-to-day functional level, it's a proper pain in the ass. So I want to just encourage you, if you too are dealing with a series of mishaps and annoyances, don't forget to breathe. Mercury also governs your breathing, right? It's about how you speak. It's your voice. It's your breathing. So don't forget to breathe. Probably most of the problems that are going on are not real personal. So if you can remember that, it can help you deal with the annoyances. On the 10th, the start of this week, we are looking at a Mars sextile to Neptune. Now, Mars is your body. It's it's this visceral, passionate, sexual, ambitious planet. And Neptune is up in the clouds. It's ethereal. It's high romance. It's devotion. It's spirituality, high arts. And when these two planets meet in this lovely way of a 60-degree angle, a.k.a. a sextile, we have a lovely supportive energy for mobilizing on your ideals or your spiritual values or getting more motivated around the things that you really care about. This can make you more empathetic and more concerned with other people's needs. It can also simply be a romantic time to get busy with someone or yourself or a time where you find if you're an artist or a creative person that you find a well of inspiration within you and you're able to act from it and do something with it. So it's a pretty exciting transit. If you know nothing is spurring you forward with this energy, it is simply nice. It is simply kind of a time where you feel a little more resilient. It's a little easier to consider other people's perspectives and needs. So it's great for being empathetic. Where Neptune is involved, empathy is always on the table. This transit will overlap very slightly with a Sun sextile to Pluto and a Sun square to Jupiter. And those two transits will both be exact on the 13th. So they'll overlap a little bit with that Mars sextile to Neptune. Now, This Sun-Pluto-Jupiter moment can be a really exciting one where you make meaningful progress with something that you really need to heal, fix, or reform, something that you need to get deeper into and better understand. It could also be a time where you convince yourself of something and go long and far into it. So it's really important whenever there's a sun square to Jupiter to make sure that you are not jumping to conclusions and weaving false narratives. Now, how do you know if a narrative is false or not? Um, Fact check it. So make sure that you are not deciding that you intuitively know what's going on with other people. If you have a question, ask a question. And if there's not enough trust or intimacy to ask a question in a personal relationship, that's your answer, right? Being willing and able to assert yourself in deference to the things that are important to you is well starred under these transits. And so if you're willing to go deep and reform, this can actually be a profoundly healing moment. The question is, are you healing something that's deeply broken? Because if you are, healing is often a really painful process. And so things can kind of come up that are painful and difficult. The good news is, These transits at the same time can suggest that you're in a position where you're able to heal things in an easier way than it would otherwise be. This is a really wonderful time to advance a project or a dynamic or a plan. 
Don't be scared to assert yourself around this day. But if you can assert yourself from a centered place, a place where you are clear about your motivation and what you're actually trying to achieve, you will like what you get a whole lot more. Now on the 14th, and again, overlapping with those two transits, we have a Mars trine to Saturn as well as a Sun conjunction to Mercury. Already, you can see with this week that there is a lot of activity and a lot of energy. This may feel really supportive and mobilizing for you, or it may feel chaotic and distracting or just overwhelming for you. Either way, don't forget to breathe. Don't forget Mercury's retrograde. And so, you know, stupid mishaps will happen and keep on trucking. Mars trying to Saturn is a really supportive transit. It's stabilizing. We can get things done that need to get done under this influence, which is really useful because the sun and Mercury will be meeting in the sky. We have the potential for really pairing that with deeper understanding. However, because the sun is conjunct Mercury retrograde, this is better for reviewing past plans, for tending to projects and dynamics that have already been established before Mercury went retrograde at the start of the month, as opposed to innovating new plans. Listen, if you've got to make a plan, if you've got to sign a contract, if you've you got to buy something expensive or important during a Mercury retrograde, it's not ideal, but life isn't always ideal, guys. That's just not life. What I would encourage you to do is just be careful and double check and make sure that if something seems like it's too good to be true, that you deeply vet that opportunity because it, it probably is. It probably is. The combination of these two transits can be really useful for figuring things out and making use of that information. That's good news. Now, the only downside that I can imagine is that you put your head down and again, you get caught up in your own narrative about what's happening. So don't forget that you don't have to do anything alone. There's nothing wrong for asking for help, asking for perspective. Asking questions is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of engagement. And when we can ask questions and truly listen to the answer, we learn. We learn. You don't always like what you learn, but you do learn. On the 15th, we have a Mercury square to Jupiter. And I want you to notice that Jupiter and Mercury and the sun, they keep on coming up. And so Mercury is your mind and Jupiter is big picture and it's growth and sun is identity. So these general themes are the ones to watch out for this week. Now, when Mercury squares Jupiter, it can be exciting. You might meet new people. You might have lots of like interesting, fun things come up. You might have exciting new ideas. You may also cyberstalk someone or jump to conclusions or run at the mouth and say shit you should not say to other people. Don't forget to listen because Mercury squared at Jupiter can coincide with, you know, saying more than you meant to and kind of getting yourself into trouble if you're not careful. Also, this is a risky day on the 15th and, you know, a day or two on either side is a risky day for you to overcommit yourself. Don't just jump in and say yes before seriously considering whether or not you can maintain that commitment. Again, Mercury is retrograde, right? So you want to make sure that you're seriously considering your other previous commitments and your own energy. What makes sense for you? What makes sense for you to do? A good opportunity is not always a good opportunity for you. If something looks good on paper, that doesn't mean it'll match your needs and your life. And I think that this is going to be a theme for you to seriously consider this week. Finally, we have on the 16th, Mercury forming a sextile to transformative Pluto. 
I love this transit. I think this is a great transit for getting deeper into whatever it is that you need to get into. This is a great time to have a heart to heart. This is a great time to process something out with someone that you've been kind of avoiding. If there's somebody you've been needing to talk to and you haven't known how to say what you needed to say, this is a great transit to just do it. This is a time for going deep into the truth. It's a great time for listening and for speaking with clarity. It's a great time for thinking about people that are not just you. If you're a writer or you're working on a project that involves writing or communication, this is an excellent transit to support you in getting your message out in a clear and impactful way. So absolutely, you should go forward and do that. I will summarize this week by saying it's a lot. The energy that's been running through the world at this time with Uranus in Taurus, which I've been getting asked a lot of questions about, and I will talk about in a week where there's not as much going on. Between Uranus moving into Taurus and this Mercury retrograde, there's just a lot of energy and it feels a little heady. What I would encourage you to do if you are experiencing this as well is to check in with yourself, check in with your body to resource how it is that you respond to energy and how it is that you take care of yourself. What most people do most of the time is we power through or we shut down. They're kind of like heads and tails of the same coin. They're reacting to energy and situations instead of responding with intention and care. And if you don't care for yourself, if you don't bring intention to how you engage with your life and your inner world, then you end up finding yourself caught up in situations, dynamics, and habits that don't really serve you or make you happy and productive. So mindfulness in the moment feels like an extra step or like you have to slow things down. It feels inconvenient. But in the big picture, it supports you in having a life that you really want to be living. It supports you in, if you're going to have problems, having problems that help you be more whole and productive instead of problems that hold you back and keep you stuck. All right, my loves. That's my little horoscope corner for you this week. Thank you once again for joining me on Ghost of a Podcast. You know I love it, and you know I love you. As always, please do send me your questions if you have questions for the podcast. Um, or just something that you want to make sure I talk about, you know, you can send me a question on my website at the Ghost of a Podcast page specifically. I love it when you write reviews and star and share and subscribe. So please do all of those things. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so on Patreon or my website on the tip jar. If you have an iOS device and you have not yet downloaded Tiny Spark, my free gift to you. I do not know what you are doing or why you are waiting. It is hecka cute. And if you have downloaded the app and you haven't started or reviewed it yet, please do so. It really does help. And um, that's, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. How do I say goodbye? Saying goodbye is such sweet sorrow. I'll miss you until next week.